Hey everyone, Andre here. Hey, I just want to take the time to do something that I actually meant to do while recording this podcast with my mom, and that is to actually congratulate both my mom and my dad for their 35th year anniversary that they are celebrating this week. That's right, 35 years, married in 1982, and have been together ever since. Mom and dad, thank you. Thank you for being the most incredible parents that I could have ever asked for. Thank you for all of your love. Thank you for all of your support. And I just wish both of you another happy 35 years. And yes, that's right. I hope it is another 35 years, maybe even more. And I just love you guys so much. And I just wish nothing but happiness and joy for both of you for the rest of your lives. And yeah, happy anniversary. Love you, mom and dad. This is episode 9 of Backseat Directors, and I'm your host, Andre Hutchins. And today with me, I am so very pleased because my mom is in studio with me today. Hello, Mom. Hi, Andre. My mom made a 550-mile trek just to come be here on Backseat Directors. That's right. Oh, almost. And Holly's graduation. <laughs> No, but we all know that this is the main reason why you came. <laughs> this was important. This is a biggie for me. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. Now, my, my younger sister is graduating from college this week. And yeah, so that's a pretty big achievement. And I guess a pretty good reason for you and dad to come all the way out to Utah. Yep, we're excited. And I'm excited to be here today with you, Andre. Well, thank you, Mom. I'm very excited to have you here. Don't be nervous, Mom. It's just you and me. (laughs) Perfect. Even though hundreds of people are going to listen to this later. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, Mom. Are you ready to be a backseat director? I'm ready. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to kick it off by asking some get-to-know-you questions. Perfect. Now it's time for some get-to-know-you questions. All right, question number one, Mom. What is your Desert Island movie? Okay, I really had to think about this. So I didn't have to think long, though, because I realized, if anybody knows me very well, it's the BBC's 1995 version of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) It's the five-hour version with Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely. Oh, Colin Firth is in that? Yes. I didn't even know he oh, was in Mr. that. Oh, Mr. Darcy. Mr. <laughs> Hottie. He was the original. What is it? Um, the Patrick Dempsey on Grey, Grey's oh, Doctor, Anatomy. Oh, Dr. McDreamy. Dr. McDreamy. He is the original Mr. Dreamy. Well, that is a fantastic answer. And to no surprise, I, I did assume that you were probably going to do some BBC or Jane, Jane Austen, Austen type <laughs> movie. movie. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> You know, I, and I, I mean, and I think uh, Holly and I, or Carmen and I talked about this in the episode that we did with Carmen. Um, just anytime you guys would be watching that, even though I never would watch them, you know, 
because I wanted to, it would just be like a Sunday evening or something. I'd walk into the family room and you guys be watching. I'd just sit down and watch part of it and get captivated into the (laughs) Jane Austen's private. Well, I don't know uh, anybody that has as many versions of Jane Austen movies as I have. Or Charlotte Bronte. I love Jane Eyre. Like Holly said, she didn't like the ending, but that's okay. I like them. I have four versions of Jane Eyre. All right, Mom. Question number two. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Dun, dun, dun. Milk Duds. I oh, love yes, Milk Duds. Oh, yes, of course. I should have been able to guess that. I, <laughs> I should have known that was going to be your answer. I love Milk Duds. Number one, you can just pop them individually into your mouth, and they last for a long time, and they're not loud, and they're it's just great. So. <laughs> okay, very good. Question number three. What was the first movie that made you cry? Do you, Can you remember? You know, I'm not sure if it was the first movie, but I definitely remember crying in Gone with the Wind. I I wasn't there oh. for the original release of that movie, but when they re-released it in the theaters, I bawled. I had, you know, I had no idea, you know, the drama and the uh, scenery that would be, you know, shown. And I did. I cried. I thought it was so sad to see the soldiers you know, all wounded and dying and everything that happened. So yeah, it has to be gone with the wind. Okay. So I know that I do a movie podcast and I love movies, but I can honestly say that I've actually never seen that movie. <gasps> I know. What? I know. Oh I've my never gosh, it's seen a classic. it. I, it's considered a classic by any movie buff. I mean, it's probably, you know, one of the top 10 movies that yeah. everybody sh- is supposed to see. Yeah. But no, I've I've never seen it. Oh, you have to see it. It's so good. <laughs> I think I even have it on DVD. So it's not on Blu-ray. Okay. It might be out on Blu-ray, but I have it on DVD. Mama, not to date you, though. What? Well, how, can you remember how old you were when you saw that or when this movie made you cry? You know, I think I was uh, maybe 15. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a good memory. Yeah. So, it, I mean, yeah. it was a pretty, it was a pretty. What does that mean? Like a memory a long time ago. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, relatively speaking, of course. I can still remember when I was 15. <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was great. I remember definitely crying and Gone with the Wind. Yeah, just, I mean, because sometimes when I ask these people or anybody that comes on the, the show this question, sometimes they're just like, how am I supposed to remember that far? You know, yeah. like, I don't know yeah. the last time I, or the first time I cried in a movie, but for me, I just know it was, I, I, I know mine because of how, how much emotion I felt. And like, I was like, Holy cow, I'm crying in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the musical score on gone with the wind was amazing. It was so moving. And I think that without that, it might not have been as emotional, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. the music just really, made the movie too yeah well thank you mom okay question number four do you have a favorite movie director and or actor i kind of do have a favorite director now there are a few that i like but the one that i think i came down to was jj abrams oh really I, yeah i like Mama, that's surprising yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really surprising no i like him a lot um he's done several of the stories Star Trek movies. Yep, he did the two, uh, the three Star Trek reboots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's done Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, yeah he, did, he did. Of course, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, he did um, Lost. 
Oh, the series yes. Lost in that. You remember when, when I got you and Dad hooked on yes, that show? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, I've been thinking about borrowing the, the seasons from J- Roxanne. Yeah, yeah, Roxanne. <laughs> Roxanne, my sister, she has them. Yeah, she has all of them. So, But yeah, that's when I first uh, took notice of J.J. Abrams is from Lost. Hey, that's good. So that's he's a done a lot answer. of, he's done a, a gamut from c- comedy, mm-hmm. you know, and really silly stuff that probably didn't do well in the theaters to yeah. uh, to some I, serious stuff. I think a lot of people look at him as kind of the this this generation's um Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of people see similarities oh, in his directing yeah. and his style of directing and yeah, I, I you're going to see a lot of movies of, from him for the next two decades probably yeah, even longer. So, <laughs> so my pick is JJ Abrams. Well, fantastic. All right, Mom, last question. You ready? Okay. And this one is a little bit more difficult. I know you maybe didn't have a solid answer quite yet, but I'm still very <laughs> interested to hear what you're going to have to say. If you could change the ending of any movie, which would it be and how would you change it? Okay, so uh, there were a few, but it came down to Castaway with Tom Hanks oh. and Helen Hunt. I just, just didn't get that ending <laughs> at all. I just remember looking at the I'm screen to going, remember it now. Yes. seriously, that's it? So yeah, I mean, he comes because home. How, how long has he gone? Uh, five or six years? Yeah, he's, he's on gone. the island? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long time. Long enough for the love of his life to get married and have a child. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because well, cause they have a funeral for him. They think he's dead. Yes. And she moves and she, on. She remarries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he, you know, he comes home and they have this, you know, encounter at her home and and they kiss and she, you know, like he leaves, but she runs after him in the rain and gets, you know, gets in the car and they end up kissing and but then then that was it. I mean, I don't expect her to leave her husband or anything, but uh, I know. he what just are you supposed to do in that situation. <laughs> so there's this one package that this artist has drawn on she's drawn this big feathered wing on the package do you remember that Uh and that's Uh the one package was like sacred to him he did not open all the other packages he was trying to open and see if there was anything he could use to survive on the island but that was the one he refused to open yes that was like the one sacred package that didn't get touched and he delivers it at the end and i thought okay well then they're going to strike up a relationship. <laughs> no, he just leaves. She tells him, she gives him directions and he leaves. <laughs> so it was like it's a very disappointing ending for me. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so my wife's brother, Eric, well, at least this is from what Amy tells me, but she told me that's his favorite movie. Oh, is that right? But I, I don't know. Is that I his mean, dream to Maybe be... that was his favorite movie. Like when it came out and he watched it a bunch, but <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I've seen that movie since it came out in theater. I saw yeah. it once and I was like, "Wow, that was, that was an interesting movie." <laughs> All right, Mama, that was fantastic. Now that everybody has gotten to know you a little bit and a little bit uh, about your love of movies, we're gonna intro this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie, and this week's movie is The Zookeeper's Wife. Yes. Oh yes. Movie details. Based on the 2007 book, The Zookeeper's Wife, by Diane Ackerman, is the inspirational true story of Antonina Zabinski and her husband, Jan Zabinski, owners and operators of the Warsaw Zoo in Poland, and how they were able to save the lives of hundreds of Jews during the entire duration of World War II. 
The Zookeeper's Wife was released into U.S. theaters on April 7th, 2017. It has a running time of 2 hours and 7 minutes. It's rated PG-13 for thematic elements, disturbing images, violence, brief sexuality, nudity, and smoking. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. That seems like a lot for a PG-13 movie. And it is. However, um, I feel like the nature of these kinds of movies uh, really warrant a PG-13 rating. I think a lot of people would be deterred from seeing this movie if it was rated R. Uh, there, there are things in this movie that are hard to watch, but these are things that are true to life. These things happened, and I cannot stress how important I believe it is for us to know about these stories and to watch them. And yes, even though it's hard to watch, it's important because it instills a sense of reverence and respect for the people that went through these things. And so, yes, there is some violence, there is some nudity and other things like that, but I, I, it's just... If anyone has ever seen Schindler's List, um, you know, there's there's some hard things to watch in that movie. But, you know, that's a true story. And The Zookeeper's Wife is a true story. And I highly, highly stress that I would not I would not let these things deter you from seeing such an incredible movie. OK, um, Zookeeper's Wife. It stars Jessica Chastain as Antonina Zabinski, uh, Johan Heldenberg as Jan Zabinski and Daniel, uh, Daniel Bruhl as Lutz Heck. So Daniel Bruhl plays the antagonist of the zoo, in, in The Zookeeper's Wife. And I think if any of you have seen the movie Captain America Civil War, you guys will recognize him as he plays also the antagonist in that movie, Zemo. Um, obviously, Jessica Chastain, my goodness, I feel like she's been in a lot of movies recently and some big budget films as well. Interstellar, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, she was in she was in the help um but i i love her I, I think she's a fantastic actress and i honestly believe to date this has been her best performance and my mom and i will talk about that later on in the film but my goodness if she does not get nominated for actress of the year in 2017 i will be highly surprised okay um the zookeeper's wife is directed by nikki caro who has also directed quite a few movies, actually. The one that sticks out to me the most, though, is the 2015 film McFarland USA with Kevin Costner. I'm not that big of a sports movie fan, but McFarland USA was a great film. Uh, the movie had a budget, or The Zookeeper's Wife, The Zookeeper's Wife had a production budget of an estimated $20 million. And the opening weekend sales in the U.S. grossed only $3.2 million. And to date, The Zookeeper's Wife has only made $16 million worldwide, which is very unfortunate. I wish I wish more people knew about this movie and I just um, and just knew how good of a movie it really is. And I think one of the main reasons why it's struggling in the box office right now is a lack, a lack in marketing of the movie. I go to the theater regular, regularly and at least once a week, and out of all of my trips... Uh, in the last few months, I've never once seen a trailer for this movie, not one movie poster hanging up in any of the theaters here in Utah. And when my parents convinced me to go see this movie, I had no idea what it was even about. But this movie is one that everyone absolutely should go see. The book should be required reading in high school, in my opinion, even though I haven't read it, I am going to read it. It's just that these are the types of stories that need to be told and I am so glad that it has been told in the form of a movie and I am so glad that I went to go see it. 
Now let's do our movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Alright, Mom. So this movie, this movie I had not, I, I think I had heard of it, yeah. but I had not seen a trailer for it. I didn't see any movie po- posters in any of the theaters that Amy and I go to. Oh, really? Um, I, I, There was just very little marketing done, at least from what I experienced uh-huh. on this movie. So when you guys recommended it to me, I had no idea what the movie was even about. Yeah, so you went and saw the trailer? No, no, I didn't. Oh, you wa- didn't? No, you didn't no. even watch the trailer? So, what's <sighs> a pretty sturdy recommendation then? <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I think that same weekend that you and Dad went to go see the movie, Amy and I were deciding between that movie because you guys had recommended it and mm-hmm. Gifted. We ended up seeing Gifted, but then our next movie was The Zookeeper's Wife. Yeah, and I am so glad you guys recommended that movie. I honestly don't think that I would have seen that movie if you guys did not recommend it. Yeah. Well, Dad and I had seen... We, we typically like to go to the $5 Tuesday movies. Yeah, That's $5.25 As do we. Cents As now. do we. <laughs> oh, wait. What? It's, it's, it's what? It's $5.25 now. So you can't say $5 really? Tuesday. And that's the Cinemark in Reno? Yes. The Cinemarks here are four sixty five. Four sixty five. Yeah, they're under five dollars on oh, Tuesdays. That's great. That's, that's great. Oh, that's strange. So anyway, oh. we, we we see a lot of that's our Tuesday night date night uh-huh. if if uh, dad's not working and um and so we went and saw that movie. We had seen the trailer for it prior and uh at another movie and we we saw it and we're you know, we had seen it for several weeks, you know, before the movie was actually released and we just loved it. Just watching the trailer, we're like, oh, that's, you know, we we do a little movie yeah. review with the trailers that come yeah. on, you know. And, <laughs> but that was definitely a, a go-see when, you know, that we thought we would like, so. Okay, so then after you guys saw it, let's just, let's just jump into this review. What was, uh, what were, what was your initial impression and your kind of first thoughts after you saw the movie? You know, the thing that I realized by the end of the movie was that it just drew you in immediately. It took you in, took you by the hand and pulled you through the entire movie. And there were no pauses, no hesitations, no hiccups in the, uh, in the plot. Mm. It was just great. Like it just really pulled you through the entire storyline. And that's what I loved about it is there were no down periods or speed bumps. You know, it just, it just went right through to the end and it it fulfilled you know every expectation there yeah so my my first thoughts after seeing this movie was wow i cannot believe i've never heard of this story and it's a true story yes like, like this, absolutely. this actually happened these absolutely. were real people these were real events this actually happened and i i never heard about it and it was incredible it was incredible i was so so happy that we went and saw that movie. I mean, I, I walked out, I walked out of the theater with just tears. Oh, <laughs> did they... you? I did cry. I oh, did so cry. did I. Yeah. Just yeah. The, <laughs> uh, probably, goodness, probably from half, uh, kind of at the halfway point through the rest of the movie, I was just, just like, oh. <laughs> so our listeners, um, for our listeners, the movie, if you don't know, it's, um, it takes place in Poland, in uh-huh. Warsaw. Uh-huh. And. At the very beginning of World War II. Yes. 1939. 1939. Right. Yes. So the U.S. has not even gotten involved in the war. Right. Not even with Japan. 
Um, and yeah, so in, in Poland, Poland is the first country that Hitler and Nazi Germany invade and take over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, th- putting the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto and mm-hmm. it was very emotional movie. Yes. It was uh, emotionally stirring, you know, so it yes. was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously just from you being my mom, you know how much I have taken interest in World War II history. Yes. And just anything in all stories related to World War II. Yes. And probably a lot of that comes from dad too. Uh-huh. Just from yeah, his I own think interest. Yeah, he definitely piqued your interest in World War II. Yeah. And I, I know, like, I, I know mm-hmm. it, it was in high school. Um, right. I think I was 14 because it would have been 1996. Maybe I was younger than 14, but I think 1996 was when Saving Private Ryan came, came out and I wanted to watch it, but I was, I mean, I was 1996. I think I would have been 12 and dad said, no, there's no way it's a world war two movie. It's going to be like super violent and gory, but he made a deal with me. There were some books, some world war two books, um, that you, that he had read and that I think you had read too. Um, it was, it was a fictional family, but based in historical world, world war two. Yes. And it was like a series of five or six books. And he said, read them and I'll let you watch it. And I read them all. I read them all. And he finally let me watch. Uh, Children of the promise by yep. Dean Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love those books. books. And Great books. that right there, that is what got me going on. One, not just having an interest in world war two history, but having a deep respect for any and all people who participated and were just a part of that on all sides. Yes. Whether it was you were in Nazi Germany or Imperial Japan or the Allies, just anybody that went through this, I just have just a great amount of respect. Yeah. yeah. The Yeah, those were great books. And they, they definitely turned me on to historical fiction books. That, that yes. story. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. wonderful. Okay. So, yeah, we love we love all things... World War Two and history related. Well, so. which which surprised me that I I honestly never knew about this story. Did you guys know? No, about no, this? I'd never heard of it. Never heard of it. So there was a movie that came out last year that Dad also I think both of you saw it in the theaters, which was about Poland or or people in Poland during World War Two as well, called um, Anthropoid. Do you remember yes. that movie? Oh yes, yes. So that movie that movie was about the <laughs> underground resistance in Poland and. And what they did to thwart Nazi, um, yes, know, Nazi uh, oppression in Poland, right? And so th- both both of these movies, I never heard about the history that went behind it. And so yeah, I just I loved learning about these stories. Yes, I did too. I did too. Uh, okay, mom, let's let's uh, let's move on to our critiques. What were your critiques or things that you did not like about the movie? You're probably gonna hate me, but. I didn't really have any. I I didn't. Um, no, and that's fair. Unless that's you totally can count fair. changing history, <laughs> changing the events of yeah. what happened. Yeah. You know, I really didn't have no, that's um, totally a fair. lot of critiques on this movie. Uh, didn't have any negative thoughts about it. Um, I just really enjoyed uh, the movie and what they were able to accomplish, both in uh, cinematography as well mm. as just mm-hmm. the plot and the the script i yeah. thought it was yeah i thought it was good well that's fair that's totally fair so i really only have i really only have kind of one critique okay and 
and I, I don't even know if it's a fair critique just because I think I think the movie was meant to just play out this way. I, I thought I thought it kind of moved slow through through some parts of the movie and um, and not that it didn't have a good flow. I just it kind of felt like parts were just a little bit slow mm-hmm. and maybe that was just developing parts of the story or parts of the characters. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I thought it moved a little bit slow, but I don't think that's, I don't think it takes away really from the movie. I think if anybody is going into this movie without expectations, I think that's probably the best. Yeah. But if you're looking to go into this movie for, Oh, I'm going to watch a world war two movie. And it's going to be, a war movie full, full of, of action. action. That, that's not and, this kind of movie. Right. That's not right. this kind of movie. No, this is a very personal. Yes. You know, story. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Zabinskis and, and their determination to do something. Yes. You know, Helen Keller once said that I am one, you know, but I am, I can do, you know, I can do much. So they did. That's what they did. They, they were really able to, to do quite a bit. Right. Right. So, and then the last thing, the last thing that I was, and it's not really a critique, but it's more of a, a, just kind of a curious question that I, I, I think I'll eventually satisfy because I do want to read the book because the movie's based off of a book. Um, I want to know what was actually all historic and accurate in terms of factual yes. accounts. Yes. And what was maybe added to just enhance know, the plot. Yes. Or... Enhance the movie, enhance the plot. Yes. Add more intrigue to the story. That would be very good to know. Very interesting. Because there are some things that I do suspect that might not be actual historic. You know mm-hmm. that 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 actually happened. Right. One of them was just towards the end. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what happened or how it ended, but just if you remember the scene towards the end with her son, you know. Yes. And she she just yeah that that scene <laughs> I I. Very curious to know if that actually happened because my sus- my suspicion is that it didn't. Yeah. That that seems more like it was probably added just for the movie's sake, right? You know, to right. add some drama for intense drama. Yes. Yeah. So, and if it turns out to be the case, I mean, that's all fine and well. But I I prefer that stories stick to if you're going to tell a story, especially about something as History. significant as World War II, right? Tell it and tell it like it happened. Right. You know, don't don't add some, you know, what, you, you know, might I be... think I think they think sometimes it needs flair. You right. know, maybe the people won't appreciate or like it or. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Other than that, that's it. Those those were my critiques and they're very few. And I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie, too. OK. Highlights. Um, I the highlights were that Jessica Chastain I thought did an amazing job with her accent. It's kind of like with Jennifer Ely in, um, she does a lot of BBC movies. Oh, okay. she, she played, but she's not British. She played Brit. Uh, she played Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, but she's not British. She's an American actress. As really? a matter of fact, she just did 50 shades of gray. Oh, oh <laughs> and I did not know that she oh, was man. an American actress. <laughs> So, yeah, surprise me. So Jessica Chastain, I thought, did an amazing job. Now, I'm not Polish and, you know, so I don't know, you know, right. not familiar enough right. with the accent. But uh, I thought she did an incredible job. Hmm. I, I felt she was a very believable, you know, Polish citizen. Right. And uh, and I just enjoyed it very much. I thought that she did an incredible job. And I hope that she's nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. 
Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I think I think to date, out of all the movies I've seen her in, I think this is her her career highlight so yes. far. Yes. Now we were mentioning earlier. Uh, I really enjoyed her in The Help. Her oh, yes. character yes. was Celia <laughs> Foot, and she was kind of the outcast and right. and the one who couldn't uh, have children. Right. And um and I didn't realize until I kept. Even in the trailer, I said, she looks so familiar. And there was something about her face, you know, her oh, eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is that? And so when I looked <laughs> her up after the movie's over, I went home and looked her up. And I was like, that's what it was. She played Celia. Yeah. yeah, she played Celia yeah. in The Help. So, yeah, she was in Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in The Martian mm-hmm. and Interstellar. Yeah. So some big big name movies yeah no she's definitely been in a lot uh, yeah. but I, I do i do think yeah this has been her this has been her this is like a breakout actress. role i think kind of well yeah i, I do was... i do think she i do think she if she you know if she doesn't get uh if she doesn't actually like win a you know actress of the a nomination. Year or whatever yeah. i think she will get nominated i yeah. really do yeah yeah do I you agree. have any other highlights or things that you liked most about the movie um I just know the overall movie just captivated me. Mm-hmm. It really did. So, no, I think I think just uh, Jessica's acting and the like. I said the cinematography, um, even though it just basically took place in their zoo. And I'm like Carmen. Right. I love animals. You know, <laughs> I love the little camel that followed her everywhere she went. Oh, remember yeah. on her bike, and oh, he yeah. would run after yes. her. You know, yes. that was just so darling to me. It was like yeah. her little pet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, they they do. They do a very good job of 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 creating her character within the movie as you she she loves animals. Yes, but you definitely that, see that they they do do a, a good definition right. of, of defining her character right. and her relationship with these animals and how much she loves what she does. Right. She I mean, loves she, being she, the zookeeper's wife. She respects them as living creatures and she Absolutely. treats them. She treats them with with love and care and not just like an animal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So just to piggyback, just to piggyback a little bit off of what you were saying about Jessica Chastain's accent, which I actually really like too. So uh, the movie did not fare well on ratings and Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 58. Right. So anything below 60 is considered rotten. Right. Mm-hmm. So it gets that little green squishy yes. symbol. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, but obviously the audience reviews, you know, just normal moviegoers, you and me, they gave it, I think it was an 81 or 82. So it it was, it fared well Much among audiences and critics, audience. you know, yeah. for whatever reason, didn't like it. I read a few reviews and some of them touched on Jessica Chastain's accent and that they didn't like it or the, and that they didn't think that it was necessary to portray an accent in the movie. And I totally disagree. I disagree too. Yeah. No, I, I do you remember, do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie with Kevin Costner? Yes, absolutely. He doesn't attempt an accent at all in the movie. No, no, he doesn't. Right? right. He's supposed to play right. a guy from England. Right. But he doesn't. I mean, he, he just speaks with his normal American accent. Right. And I just thought, I, I never really thought about it as a kid, but a, a year or so ago when I watched that movie recently, I just thought it was kind of funny. And like, why, like Morgan Freeman attempted his accent, you know, from a guy from somewhere in the middle east yeah but why why didn't you attempt an accent like <laughs> you're from england maybe he tried and they said uh oh, never mind that's well, okay 
Well, and so, but, and maybe that is the case. Maybe that is the case. But this kind of goes along the same lines of my, my thoughts and feelings about actors who can't sing, but still sing yes. in a movie. Yes. I like it. And I'm glad that they do that. And I'm glad it's not a voiceover of someone else singing. Right. Even if they're not good at singing. Like Russell Crowe in Les Mis. Yes. He, yeah. he, poor thing. He just got <laughs> blasted. And I have to say what's ironic, and I don't know how many people know this, but he actually has a band in Australia. He's a lead <laughs> singer of that. his own band. I had no idea. So, like, really? <laughs> yeah. Holy I thought cow. he couldn't carry a note in that movie. <laughs> well, he can't, but he can't. That's the thing though. He can't, but I respect him for trying. Yes. I, yeah. I, I think it's admirable that they know that they're not good. I mean, you, right. you have to know you're not good. Right. But they still try. Right. And I, and I liked, I liked that about Jessica Chastain with, in her accent. I, I'm I'm glad I'm oh, glad she I just think, did it. I'm glad I, she did it. Yes. I'm glad they made her do it. And I think she had to because her husband does have a European accent. Yes. I'm not sure exactly yes. where he's from. From Belgium. Yeah. From Belgium. So, you know, I don't think that you could have taken away his accent or given made her an you know, just an American accent, like you said. I it just wouldn't have worked. She no. needed to do that. And I think that was important. But you know, um, I thought she put her heart and soul into that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, and that was one of my highlights. And, and just like you said, I, I don't know if it was accurate to a Polish accent or right. how someone from Poland would speak English. Yes. But I, I'm just glad she did it. And I think, I thought it, it just kept the story true. Absolutely. So I, I agree a hundred percent on that. My next highlight, and this is probably my biggest takeaway in terms of what I enjoyed most about the movie is is her husband the actual zookeeper? So Jan Zabinski. Yes. I I thought he was the best performer in the movie. I I, I was just blown away by his acting. I I I, I there was nothing He's kind about of a little known actor. I mean, he, yeah, he of course makes films in Europe. Right, yeah. How how many movies of his that he's actually been in that have been you know English or American made films? I'm not really sure. Right, I, it's probably few. Um, and this was the first time I ever saw him in a movie. He looked familiar though. When I saw he him, does. I was like, I, he looked really familiar. But then I looked him up, and I didn't recognize any movies he played right, in. Right, me neither. But what I, my biggest takeaway about his his acting was that I never felt like he was acting. I never felt like he was acting. It was as if you were watching a snippet of time in history, and he I, I, he was so believable and so real, and I was just blown away by his performance. I agree. I agree. I think that he absolutely added credibility to the story. I like that very much. Yeah. So I'm just looking at my notes. I think, I think in terms of highlights, I think that those were my biggest takeaways. The last thing I, so, okay. Okay. So any other highlights, anything else you want to say? Cause we're, we're going to do final thoughts now. Okay. So, okay. Well, let's just, let's do our final thoughts of the movie. Go ahead. Um, the one thing that I would say about the movie to moviegoers is depending on how young the person is that's going, oh, there are yes. some, there I'm, are some I'm glad you're bringing this up. intense scenes yeah. about the animals and when Nazi Germany invades Poland and what happens to yes. them. And that yes. was very disturbing. So yes. for young audience goers i would definitely warn you that there are some disturbing scenes yeah and i'm very glad you're bringing this up because um the movie is pg-13 but in parts of the movie because i i didn't i honestly didn't know what the, if the movie was rated going into the movie and amy went with me mm-hmm. and in parts of the movie she was like 
Andre, what is this movie rated? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there were some scenes. Yeah, I knew it was PG thirteen. Yeah, there, there, and I, I know what scenes you're referencing. Um, yeah, just you know when when German soldiers are rounding up Jews and they basically can do whatever they want and there are some there are some difficult scenes to watch yes it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily show in detail things right. that happen oh right but it shows aftermath yes and yes. yeah those are hard so here's here, so here's a mo- <laughs> here here are my final thoughts so um a couple things one yeah movies pg-13 but it does show nudity yes it does briefly it, it is brief it's it's and it's, Jessica it's like Chastain a hundredth of a bed. second, and I I had to had to think to myself for a second, did that just really happen? <laughs> well, that's, Amy and I turned each other, and we were like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, but no, it I mean it does show frontal nudity on Jessica Chastain, and even though it is brief, it's PG thirteen, and it reminded me though, it reminded me of a movie. So I'm going to tell you this story because I don't think I've told you this yet. <laughs> One of Amy's family's traditional christmas movies is a movie called joy noel and it's it's all i I think the whole movie actually maybe i'm wrong i think parts of it are in german and parts are in english but anyway it's the movie about world war one when the germans french and english and all the other people they come out of their trenches on christmas eve and sing songs that's that's what the movie's about i don't know if you've seen it (laughs) but there's a scene in the movie where um one of the one of the lead actresses in the movie she's nude in in bed so it shows frontal nudity oh my gosh but but i have not seen this movie. okay but here's the thing here's the thing i i had not seen that movie before i've seen other versions and adaptations of that movie but i had mm-hmm. not seen that movie before until last christmas when i'm over at amy's house and we're all watching the movie but before that scene amy her mom and her sister they get up and leave to go start making dessert and it's just me and Amy's dad sitting in the Awkward. family room watching that <laughs> movie. And then that scene happened. First Christmas with your father-in-law. I, my, I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yes. And I'm with my oh. father-in-law. And I told Amy after, I'm like, Amy, did you know that there's like there's nudity in that movie? And she's like, no, there's not. I'm like, Amy, there's nudity in that movie. And she's like, no, I've seen that movie dozens of times. There's no nudity. <laughs> So I look it up and on my phone and I look at the ratings and it says nudity. I'm like, told you. And she's like, I can't believe it. Like, what, she just happened to get up every time right before no, that No, I mean, it only happens once. It's just like this movie. No, so I mean, why... every time they've watched oh, it. Oh, well, I don't know because you know, that's what I'm saying. Her mother says, there's, come with me, dear. There's <laughs> there's no way you could not have noticed it. And it was just like, it was just like this movie. And, Maybe she and fell asleep. Zoo, Zookeeper's wife. It's not, it's not a sex scene. Right, right. right. They're just, they're in bed talking and, and. And. Yeah, she moves or goes to sit up, and it literally was a hundredth of a second. Right. It happens so fast, you know, that I really did have to go, wait, what? I think think nudity in PG-13 movies is uncommon, Um, and I think they make exceptions for when it's a non-sex scene. So, like in Titanic... You know, it's it's not a sex scene when what's her name? Not uh, always. There was a movie with, and I can't remember the name of it. I was trying to think of it, but it was with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson, and full frontal nudity with Diane Keaton. And I'm like, that should be rated well, R, just okay, so you well, don't have to look at that. When, when you mentioned <laughs> Diane Keaton and my, uh, or uh, Diane, um, oh wait, Diane Keaton and wait, are well, same last name? 
What? Diane Di- Keaton and-, and Jack Nicholson. Oh, I thought you said Michael Keaton. No, no, no. Okay. Jack Nicholson and Diane Okay, Keaton. well, just by mentioning those two actors, it, it was the movie in the 80s? Because if it was in the 80s, then it was probably rated nope. R. There was no, no it was probably late 90s. Hmm. It would no. It was definitely after really? the PG-13 rating huh, and stuff. Okay. But interesting. I was just like floored. <laughs> I mean, I I couldn't believe it. I think um, somebody was sitting there with me, one of you kids, and I was like, oh, "Close your eyes!" But right. it was too late. Right. You know? I I think this movie. I think this movie maybe could have gone a rated R rating. Yeah. Um. But I it it wasn't. It wasn't a typical war movie. There wasn't a lot of. No. Gore, not like blood, hacksaw and violence Ridge. right hacksaw yeah Ridge. no hacksaw ridge yeah that was definitely a rated r movie right. but um yeah so yeah if but it wasn't over the top no no the 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 war scenes i mean it's fighting it's right. definitely right. you know hand to hand combat and some of those scenes and it is gory but oh are you talking I don't about think hacksaw was, ridge yeah oh okay. hacksaw ridge okay mm-hmm. okay but it wasn't anything like that it was just basically the story was the zookeeper right and his right. wife so. okay so i know that was a little bit of a tangent just a little bit sorry of a tangent. <laughs> that's okay that's okay so my last final thought is that this this is a movie that everybody everybody needs to see this is this is, in the book I, I definitely plan on reading the book this is a book that i hope they make required reading in high schools it is these kinds of stories that need to be told and yeah. they need to be told forever and ever. Yes. You know, that saying that, you know, history repeats itself once we forget, you know, or we need to not or, forget these kinds of stories. These, we just, yeah, these stories need to be told. And, and I just, the Zabinskis prove that one person can make a huge difference on many people's lives yes yes yeah the movie i didn't think it um it didn't the one thing i guess i critique is that it didn't portray how the volume of people they right. actually did help yeah and i, I thought think, it I was a handful right i don't think that's a spoiler because you it, at, at the end of the movie you know it does a, a few of those lines where it gives you more details in the background of the story and yes it, it, it tells you that they saved over 300 people who, yeah, um, it was phenomenal, and only right. two and Jews, specifically Jews, yeah. over three hundred Jews. Yeah, and yeah, in the movie, it only seems like there's maybe ten or twelve. Yeah, maybe right. a dozen at the right. most. Right. So their impact was, it was immense. It was immense. Yeah, and so I just I, I'm I'm sad when these movies get bad ratings. Yeah, they can I think, get. I, I think people, overlooked. Yeah, they they get overlooked, mm-hmm. and this is a story that that should never be overlooked. No, I, I agree. And I and I had the same thought that I would like to read the book now. Yeah. Now that I've seen that movie and heard their story, I think the book would be fascinating. Okay, Mom, let's finish up and do our Backseat Director's recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Mom, what is your recommendation to our listeners? Well, it's no surprise. It's definitely a go see it. And if it's not in the theaters by the time you get around to seeing it, definitely rent it or buy it. I mean, I would buy it. Same here. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just one of those things where you want to share that. Yes. Yeah. So I 100% agree. That is my same recommendation. If it is in theater still, still near where you guys live, go see it. I know it is Absolutely. in theaters today. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, mom, this has been a podcast <laughs> and you were great. <laughs> thank you. Were you. Great. Thank you. Well, no, thank this you. This was fun.
<laughs> my mom hasn't had breakfast, so we got to get her some food. <laughs> but let's let's finish up, mom. If if our listeners want to reach out to you, or if they want to talk to you about the movie or anything like that, how can they get a hold of you or follow you on social media? Um, under um, Leslie underscore Hutchins, I think on Instagram wouldn't be hard to find. Um, and Leslie Willard Hutchins on Facebook. All right. Well, there you go, listeners. Yeah, reach out to my mom, follow her. If you guys want to talk about the movie or have any questions about the movie. And remember, you can always follow Backseat Directors and stay up to date on the latest movies that we are planning on seeing and reviewing. And so follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle's the same on three. It's at the BD Podcast. Yeah, and I'm serious. If you guys are wanting to review a movie, it doesn't just have to be family. I know I've had family on almost all of my shows. (laughs) We're easy prey. And I'll continue to have family and friends. But if you're a listener and you guys have never met me in person, still reach out to me. When you guys see those notifications pop up, just send me a direct message and, and we'll do a review. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for downloading. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Or you can find us on Google Play, Podbean, or Stitcher. And, yeah, thank you guys again. And we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Beatty Podcast.